0: No matter what it is you're running, a podcast or a business, it takes lots and lots of work. This episode of Podcastification, I'm talking with Danny Sunshine Bauer. My name is Carrie Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com. And this is Podcastification. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it. Oh, so appreciate it. If you could leave a rating or review on iTunes, you can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. Danny Bauer is an educator. He's served as a teacher, as a vice principal, and as a principal, and that is the main area where his niche for podcasting has been. But he has had some amazing success in terms of downloads, in terms of the kind of response he's gotten, and you'll hear him explain in this episode some of those things and how they came about. But what I want you to pay attention especially to is Danny's focus on generosity. Man, he's got some great lessons. He's got some great best practices that we all can learn from. So let's move on and let's listen to this conversation. So, Danny Sunshine Bauer, how you doing today, man?
1: Listen, Kerry, I'm so excited that you invited me on the show. Today's a great day. You know, I told you I was drinking lightning <laughs> this morning, <laughs> getting pumped with the uh, the miracle morning and that kind of thing. And it's just been an awesome day. You know, I get to connect with you and, and serve your listeners. So I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Thank you for yeah. having
0: me. I am so glad to have you here. And I know my listeners are going to want to know, so I might as well ask, where'd the sunshine come from?
1: Yeah, of course. You know, life beats you down, right? Doesn't it have a humbling quality to it? And there was a time where I went through some stuff that just, uh, it was rough. So I I gave myself my own nickname. It's not on my birth certificate. My friends don't call me sunshine. I chose it and I named it myself. I branded myself with that. And the whole idea is that life is going to throw you curveballs you know, crappy stuff's going to happen. But after every storm, it's always going to have sunshine following that. And so it's sort of a, a positive affirmation or a reminder that, you know, this isn't going to last. I read uh, Option B, which really talks about how to build resilience and to get through tough stuff. And one of the big ideas that was presented by the author, when things happen to us, it's not personal. You know, I didn't cause it. Most of the time I don't, right? If I steal a car and get caught, yeah, that's my fault. Yeah, sure. But, you know, those life things, like, no, it's, it's not anything you did. It's not personal. It's not pervasive. So it doesn't actually color every part of my life. And it's not permanent. It's going to go away at some point. And so, you know, just intuitively I knew that. And that's why, you know, I picked Sunshine and I like it. It sticks. and
0: Definitely. Yeah, it reminds me of a SwitchFit song, The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. Yeah cool uh, idea. I really like that. I don't know that I've met many people who've given themselves their own nickname, except a kid in high school who called himself Crusher. Can you believe Crusher. that? And the funny thing about it was he was a little skinny redheaded kid that everybody picked on, but he called himself Crusher. It's just uh, one of those uh, thinking positive sort of things.
1: Yeah. You know, it's an aspirational goal. So yeah, I yeah. want to encourage everybody here in the, the end of 2018, getting into 2019, name yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> forget forget whatever's on your birth certificate, pick a really cool name that you want to rock and just wear it with pride.
0: Yeah, there we go. Well, uh, Danny is on the show because he not only is a podcaster himself, but he has also experienced some pretty extraordinary growth in terms of his podcast downloads and audience. And so I invited him on the show to kind of talk about that path and how that happened. Let's start out, Danny, by you explaining to us, you know, what is your podcast? What's it about? And who's your target audience?
1: Yeah. Thank you, uh, Carry. So, you know, it's, it's Better Leaders, Better Schools. And back in 2015, uh, like probably many podcasters, I was, I was consuming a lot of content. And in a very familiar format like what we're doing here, you know, we're talking about podcasts and trying to deliver that value to the listeners. I was listening to ones about leadership, about business. I'm a, I'm a teacher and school administrator by training. There wasn't a lot of content there. So the light bulb, right, the metaphorical light bulb went off and the epiphany was I should step into this space. The education podcasts that were there, quite honestly, I felt like I could deliver a better show. And so I started researching what does it take, right, to start a a podcast. You know, when I think back on my life, listening to radio with my dad or, you know, music, um, that kind of thing, the podcast format connects with me and in my soul. you know. I love to tell stories. I love to talk. And so this is a very comfortable medium for me. I joined uh, John Lee Dumas' Podcaster's Paradise at the time. That's where I got my training. And I learned a lot of great techniques there and started
0: the show. And the rest, they say, is history. Yeah. So you started the show. What was the publication date of your first episode or, or around what time? I want to say September
1: 2015. Uh, I don't remember what date in September, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was September 2015.
0: Okay, so you launched in September 2015, and how did you go about that launch in terms of letting people in your niche know that this podcast was coming out?
1: I don't know, see, back then, um, and that's the fun thing is that now that I've experienced success, when I talk downloads with other people, because a, a lot of folks kind of keep that guarded and close you know, to their chest, I didn't realize that I I was doing so well as I, as I am and Carrie, you know, a lot of what I consider has happened has been strategic. Now it's a lot more tactical and strategic, but back then, some of it was just dumb luck. And so, you know, like I said, I was in podcasters paradise and a lot of people have a similar format in terms of, you know, day one, you drop four episodes, your episode zero, where you introduce yourself and then three more episodes. So people can consume quickly like a Netflix style. And since I do a weekly show, then after that, it was one show released after another. And so I had recorded 10 or 11 shows that have that bank. And then, you you know, you want to stay ahead of it. But outside of that, you know, I didn't have an email list yet. You know, I didn't have a big Twitter following yet. The Facebook presence, you know, the brand. I don't even know that Danny Sunshine was there. You know, I think that came in 2016. Mm. So I just kind of put it out there, you know strategically in terms of setting up Libsyn account in iTunes, you know, I put some people that I want to emulate within the author title, right? So I'm sure that your listeners are well versed in that hack. But in terms of author, it says Danny Bauer's perspective has been heavily influenced by X, Y, and Z. And when you type in those people's names, like Brene Brown, for example, a lot of people know her daring greatly. I love her work. Well, Type in Brene Brown in iTunes, go ahead. You know, don't stop the podcast now, wait 30 minutes and (laughs) type it in. My podcast is going to rank in the top five for Brene Brown, right? And so I was intentional with some people that I consider heroes. And, you know, that's just a little tactic right there. But a lot of it was dumb luck at the beginning.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense. I think we all are a little dumb at the beginning and need a little bit of luck. That's for sure. So you mentioned that it's kind of morphed into something a little more strategic now. Describe to us what you mean when you say that.
1: As I started the podcast journey, I joined a mastermind and that's something I'd like to talk a bit about too uh, in terms of tactics that you can do. But then probably like a lot of your listeners, they are well aware of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Gary V. Yeah. And the idea of uh, jab, 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 right hook and the way we talk about it at View From the Top within uh, Aaron Walker's mastermind is just a give to give, you know, and that Everywhere I went, right, if I was considering how can I turn better leaders into a business, how can I grow the podcast, or how can I be more effective in my role as a school principal, everybody I asked, at the core, the answer was always, it's about relationships. And so that stuck. So in terms of Twitter and education, the industry specifically, they're all over Twitter. It's still, it's not great, you know, maybe for other industries. But if you're in education, that's where all the educators are. Especially school administrators. So it's understanding who are the listeners, who is your tribe, who are you trying to serve, and going to the places they are, listening to the conversations, you know, making contributions where you can that are valuable and, you know, when appropriate, say, Hey, I got this show or whatever, but then just also provide value, provide answers, you know. Ask if you can help. And by focusing on those relationships and those people skills, I know it benefited what I've done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed just my own habits on social media are that if I'm interacting with someone who is providing value, someone who seems to know what they're talking about and really is doing so generously. I tend to go check them out. I tend to see who is this person and why are they doing this and what's their background. And then I come in contact with things like podcasts and blogs and video channels and those kinds of things and find the resources myself. So I think we shouldn't underestimate that. And it sounds like that's not what you did. So I appreciate that perspective. So the masterminds, you mentioned wanting to talk a little more about that. Tell me what role the masterminds played in your success here.
1: So I've experienced success with the number of downloads with the podcast, and you know I wrote down sort of a roadmap or things that I think the, the audience should be thinking about. And one of the, the things that I did early on, and I'll tell you, this was, this was scary, and I'm more on the financially conservative side. I like to save. I don't like to spend. And masterminds are rarely free. If they're free, they normally suck, is my experience, because I've been in some free ones, and sometimes they can be more expensive. And to tell you the truth, so I heard Aaron Walker on EO Fire, and I saw that he was on the show twice, and his voice just resonated with me, right? He has a Southern draw. Uh, you could tell he has a ton of character, a ton of integrity, and he's an older guy. So he's been successful in business. He's been married for 30 years. And I just thought, man, this is somebody I want to get around. So I joined his private Facebook group at first, and that was a much lower level entry point, right? Uh, but eventually, you know, Aaron's very persistent he said, sunshine, you know, I want you to join the mastermind and he gave me all the, all the details about it. And I said, okay, I'm gonna give this a shot. If I don't get the value, if my life doesn't change, like he's promising, then I could always leave, you know, there's no contracts or anything like that. But what I want to impress on the listeners is that you really invest in yourself. You invest in your future and your success by getting a coach or some type of mastermind experience. Because there's so much power in being able to leverage everybody's experiences to be held accountable for what you say you're going to do and to not work in isolation, right? Greg Sacchioli wrote a book called The Enemies of Excellence. And the number one enemy of excellence is isolation. When we Mm -hmm. try to do these things on our own, we're almost destined to fail, right? You're going to be so much more successful when you get a group around you that are cheering you on for your success but are gonna call you on your stuff when you're not bringing your A game so that you, you do become that A type of player.
0: Yeah, so for people who've never been a part of a mastermind, explain to me, first of all, let's just start with the basics. How many people are typically in a mastermind group that you've been in?
1: Yeah, so the ones I view from the top that I am a member of, that's 10. So he caps it at 10. I run them myself with Better Leaders, Better School. So I do that with school leaders. And my personal goal is to get to 60 members And that's four groups of 15. Right now I have 40 and the largest mastermind is 13 members. So you want to have not too many people so that folks don't hog the conversation. Uh, Hopefully they have self-awareness and hopefully you have criteria. This started to get off on a tangent, but like you need to bring the right people to the group. And so if you're looking at a mastermind, you know, ask to call some of the members, that kind of thing too, to make sure that you're a right fit for whatever group, you know, you're trying to plug into. But yeah, it wants to be a size where you're going to get enough value and enough push and challenge and ideas from other members, but not too large where you're almost lost within it.
0: Yeah. So how do that many people have the opportunity to share you know, clearly and comprehensively what they're dealing with, say in their business in this example, so that others can give them feedback and help them think it through? Because I can imagine 15 people, how long does that take every person to actually share and then receive feedback?
1: Right. And that's the thing. So we rotate it. Everybody doesn't get that one-on-one focus every single week. And so, for example, with the masterminds I run for school leaders, and if anybody ever wanted to steal a toolkit for free, I have that available too. So you could create your own mastermind, but we rotate the hot seat. So the format for a mastermind would be sharing your wins of the week, accountability from things you said you're going to do the prior week. You might be doing some type of short book study. So having two or three questions around that. So for example, we're reading The Power of Moments in the one I lead. In the view from the top one, we're reading Profit First. Uh, so there's different focus, you know, in each of those masterminds. But then the majority of the time is spent on something called the hot seat. And that's where, Carrie, you would say, hey, this is where I want to go. This is my plan, my goal, my initiative, or here's my biggest struggle. And so that's when you have one-on-one time. For me, that's one person per week. And in errands, it's two people per week. And so you're either going to get 30 minutes or 20 minutes. You have to be concise. You have to be able to to share the context quickly. And then you get just, oh, unbelievable feedback and questions and ideas and next steps. You know, you bring bring a question to the group and, man, you know, you normally add quite a bit to your to-do list but you feel good because now you have a plan, a plan on how to be successful. You know, I think that's part of the power.
0: It's always powerful when perspectives outside your own head are able to speak to your situation and turn on those light bulbs you were talking about earlier, because, you know, none of us has this all knowing wisdom to see our perspective fully. And so to let someone else speak into it from outside, man, that's powerful.
1: It's great. You know, and you're absolutely right. Because As leaders or as, you know, podcasters, businessmen, women, you know, whatever it is, we start to get this tunnel vision, you know, and we get these blinders, not because we want them, but that's just what happens. And if you don't have that community around you to say, hey, man, you know, have you thought about this? Sometimes the answer is right in front of your face. You just don't know it. You just need a friend to point that out. So I'm sure everybody's heard the quote, right? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, Jim Rohn. Exactly. And when I heard that for the first time in 2015, it basically ruined my life. And I had to really evaluate, how do I spend my time? Who do I spend my time with? Is where I'm going, where my friends are going, right? Or do I need to consider making some other connections for the type of ideal life I'm trying to build for myself?
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I appreciate you sharing that experience. Well, when we come back from our mid-world break here, We are going to get back into the podcasting strategy in particular and learn from Danny some of the additional steps he took to move his podcast on up the line. So stay tuned. Well, you know, when Danny and I were talking there about this whole tension between, you know, seeing the things that you need to see in order to move your business or your podcast or whatever forward, that blind spot thing we're talking about is huge. Because it's unavoidable as human beings for us to get out of our own head and see something with an objective perspective. It's just not possible. And so I think it is vitally important to find masterminds, to find coaching groups, to find some sort of help, which I honestly am about to do with my business, Podcast Fast Track. We just got to get some new eyes, some fresh eyes, and perhaps some more experienced eyes on what we're doing so that we can move things forward a little more rapidly and a little more beneficially for the team. Along that line, I wanted to invite Danny to share with us here some of the things he's got going on in terms of business coaching. He's got this really cool thing with four steps to business success that I want to hear from Danny about. So Danny, why don't you fill us in on that?
1: Well, thanks uh, for allowing me to to join you on this part of the show too. I'm excited for that. But essentially, you know, as business owners, uh, as you mentioned, Carrie, you know, you need other outside perspectives. And a lot of times too, you just need a plan. You need a system that you can implement for, like you said, people that have done it. Um, before you and, and uh, people that have experienced success. So really the mission of the four steps the business freedom program that I provide in that type of coaching, we liberate small business owners from the chaos of operating within their business. You hear a lot of times that you should be working on your business, right? Moving it forward and implementing the vision and the strategy as opposed to working in your business. You know, That's what we do. We have a four-part system. It's a six-month program. And, you know, if you joined us, uh, it's a group coaching experience. There's video content and templates that go through all the four steps. And then during the coaching calls, you just bring it, you know, you share where you're at within the program. What are the biggest challenges that you face within your business? And then we solve those challenges for you.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned to me prior to us hitting the record button that you actually have a free session that you offer for that course. So why don't you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so there's a number of sessions that are the most interesting or the most engaging or that I guess people that join the program find the most valuable right off the gate. All the content is valuable, interesting and engaging. But sometimes it's just like, what is that one catalyst that can really propel you? Uh, What we found is that that's uh, actually step 1-1, dash which we call the vision story. And so if, if you don't have a clear vision or direction for your business, your podcast, and where you're going we can help and that's a 30 minute session and you'll sit with me i'll just ask questions hear about what it is that you want to accomplish and we have a format of distilling that and making it crystal clear so we like to tell the clients that we work with that your vision is your road to where you're going right the core values act as the curves to keep you on that road toward the vision that you're trying to accomplish that's an extremely valuable uh, session that we provide and i'd love to provide it to your listeners so if you go to dannysunshine.com forward slash four steps, it's just a quick Google form, You're not even opting into some type of email list. It's saying, hey, I'd like to do the session and we'll set up a time to do that. And I'm here to serve. would love to help out listeners.
0: Yeah. And so when you say four steps, is that the number four or the word four? The word
1: four. Yeah. So dannysunshine.com forward slash F-O-U-R steps.
0: Thanks for sharing about that, Danny. So if you're looking for some way to, as Danny said, optimize your business or optimize your podcasts and really get that thing moving forward, that sounds like a great opportunity, a 30-minute free call to sit down with someone who has been there before, someone who's seeing others get there under their tutelage all the time to get some very valuable experience. So take Danny up on that offer. I think you won't regret it. (music) Okay, we are back from the break and Danny and I are gonna launch into some of the practical in the weeds kind of things that you can do to help your podcast gain some traction in terms of audience, in terms of finding listeners, getting listeners, retaining listeners. How do you go about that? So Danny, give us some of your key strategy pieces. You already mentioned the author title tag thing. Give us some other ideas of what podcasters can do to first of all, find an audience. Let's start there.
1: Yeah, in terms of, of finding an audience, it's uh, it's thinking about like what problem can I solve, right? And so, I think you have to to find something that you're actually interested in, that there's a real a real need in terms of that issue, and then providing the solution through your podcast, whether that's you as the expert just sharing as the host one on one, or if you're going to interview and uh, bring people on and learn from them as well. So it's it's identifying like what's a real need and. I agree you know, with some folks that say uh, even if the, the market is swamped, that's just validation that that idea is needed. Another part of the tactics is just to be yourself, be authentic, right? What I found um, with the business coaching, for example, I'm me. I have a certain type of style, but there's some other guys that do the same exact coaching that they wear a suit. You know, They're more buttoned up. They're a little more stiff. And that's going to resonate with somebody and who I connect with is a different kind of person. You have to be okay with that. And when you try to be some other type of podcaster or create a show that's not in your authentic voice, it's gonna repel people. It's not gonna attract them to you. One of the biggest compliments that I get from listeners is that they, they could just tell that I'm, I'm passionate about what I do and what I talk about. And so they wanna hear what's next, right? They're drawn into the conversation. So that's a huge thing. Just show up and be yourself Be yourself. Be your best. You know, give it your one hundred percent. All these things that we know, but you fight the imposter syndrome. You know, and that's the thing is you can play small, but you're never going to get those big dreams if you do. That's a couple things there. It's not necessarily rocket science. What's worked with me being consistent. I've never missed a release date in almost three years of podcasting, which is not that long, but a lot longer than many. And so every Wednesday, I release a show and have a lot of bonus content. So consistency, authenticity. Make sure that you offer that type of value. You know, we talked about investing in yourself in terms of coaching and mastermind, but invest in yourself in terms of going to different conferences, right? Make sure that you invest in yourself uh, listening to other podcasts and stealing ideas, you know, research and development or AKA, you know, rip off and duplicate. Like, here's the thing (laughs) that not everybody's going to hear my show. Not everybody's going to hear Carrie's show. That's okay. If there's some value there, another acronym is ILT, invest, learn, teach because you have a certain type of voice that is the authentic you, people are going to resonate with that message. So go out there, be a learner, package it for the people you want to serve and start teaching. People will start to resonate with that if you stick with it long enough. If you're consistent, you bring the value and you're authentic. Um, another tactic that's worked really well for me is is just free stuff. And we know that in terms of building an email list and having some type of offer, whether that's a checklist or an ebook or maybe a free video course or whatever. I want to challenge the listeners to think, what are some creative ways that you could do something that's just tremendous value and better than anything that's out there? You know, Ramit Sethi has a saying that his free stuff's better than everybody's paid stuff. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, Carrie, but that is a challenge to me, right? Oh, yeah. I find that so inspirational. And so something that I did that just exploded my email list and then my downloads, I, I can trace it back to when we launched, in 2016, so this is about a year into the podcast, my podcast and journey, we did the Transformative Leadership Summit, okay? It doesn't matter what it was called, but it was a conference. It was a two-week conference. I think there were 40 videos and 40 interviews we did, and that was a free conference that people could join. Now, of course, there was an upsell that people could purchase all the videos, replay them, own that content if they chose. But the thing is, is, at first it was just giving, you know, you could do it for free. Uh, the second year, so we had a thousand people show up to that the first year. Wow. The second year, last year, 2,500. And so our goal this year when we put it on is to have 5,000 attendees. And I'll tell you, like last year it generated $10,000 in revenue. So wow. it's, it's not necessarily all about money at all, right? If the value is there, you know, profit and revenue, all that will follow. But the focus, are you hearing me, listeners? What is something you can do? that's just massively valuable, that's maybe out of the box and, you know, just offer that for free. And one things that Gary V says, he almost, what does he say? He makes people almost feel guilty for not buying from him, right? Because he, <laughs> he's delivered. He's given so much good stuff. People are like, man, you know, I need to hire him for this or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, maybe that's a. I don't want to necessarily guilt people into buying stuff from me, but the focus is always on giving and giving and giving, you know, how can I do that?
0: Yeah. And what you said there about finding a need and filling it, that is just powerful because I know that no matter what the listeners right now are podcasting about, it could be business topics, it could be crochet, it could be underwater basket weaving. I mean, that's one of my favorite examples is, you know, something just really out there that there may not be many people really even interested in, but the ones that are interested, I think it's important to dig into their world and find out what are their needs. What are the things that they're asking for? And you can often do that by getting involved in communities that are centered around those subjects. And just listen, just ask questions, just find out. And you can discover there's all kinds of stuff that you can offer to that niche audience. And once you do, and once you provide a significant portion of it, at least for free, you build credibility that just can't be taken away. That's part of what I hear you sharing with us, Danny. Now, give me an idea. And maybe this is not something you struggled with, but this is something I had to overcome. Give me an idea of how you get past the hurdle of doing the hard work it takes to produce that great resource. Because I know sometimes you see the resource in your mind, you know what it could look like and what should go into it. And then you realize, oh my gosh, this is going to take me weeks or months of hard, diligent work to create this thing. A lot of people just quit right there. They just say, oh, it's too much. I can't do that or whatever. So tell me how you get past that in your own mind.
1: That's the thing. It's like none of this is easy. And the other day, I was calling my wife. I was at that business conference, you know, pre chat. We talked about why I'm back in the US right now, not over in Europe. And I called her and I had this epiphany. I thought to myself, this was on the heels of a session where this guy was talking about, you know, he was crushing it in business. I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars generated revenue wise. He had a construction company in Nashville. And he gets home, he's putting in crazy hours, 80 hours a week. And he comes home and, you know, his wife, he said, would brace the kids, right? To see like what kind of energy he was bringing back to the house. And then one night too, as they were falling asleep, she said, you know, Alan, what's going to happen to us when the kids are out of the house? And this was this like aha moment for him. They're gone. The marriage is over, you know, and I'm getting a little serious here. But the thing that really rocked me is like, are you bringing the type of energy to your home and that kind of thing that is going to help you thrive? And then the epiphany I had when I called my wife was, we get into these ventures, whether it's starting a podcast, maybe you're trying to turn into a business or monetize it, maybe you're not. But for me, as, as actually trying to build businesses from what I do. I had the sense that it would be easy. That's the stupidest idea or notion ever. Yeah, and Maybe it's a privilege thing. I don't know. But I just had a sense it's a weird tension because I have this confidence and swagger that I'm going to be successful at what I do, you know, but that's balanced with like, why do I just think I'm not going to fail? You know what I mean? Why do I think it's going to be given to me easy? So, you know, I'm getting back to your question. And so it's not easy listeners. So whatever that thing is, if it takes you four months to build and that's how long it took, again, going back, like, is that going to provide the massive value? Heck yeah. People are going to tell their friends about it. If you took a week on it and you got it out, it's not something that you could say you're proud of. Who's going to tell their friends? Here's the thing. So Kara, I was telling you, you know, the podcast numbers, like I've run ads zero times. In three years, I've run no advertisement. I've paid zero dollars with advertising. And I think the biggest thing for me too, is that I'm putting something out that's of such massive value. People tell their friends and they tell their family and they share it. Put in the work. Put it in the four months. Great. Now, if you're putting it in four months because you're scared, scared of shipping, as Seth Godin says, that's another problem. So there's this, there's a tension there too between speed of implementation and then making sure it's it's a minimum viable product, but that it's going to deliver value to whoever you know downloads or pays for whatever it is
0: you create. That is a great word. I so appreciate that. It is. One of those things that I think i 've had to just determine in my heart i 'm never going to let a fear of hard work or a tendency toward laziness keep me back from attempting something and you know I think another one of those voices that comes into our heads, which i 'd love for you to speak about, is believing that this thing i 've had the idea about is actually going to produce return you know i 've had this conversation with my wife so many times about things i 'm working on. And she'll listen and she's understanding and she gets what it is. But then she says, how do you know that's going to really bring the payoff that you want? And my answer to her often is, well, I don't really know. I just have this hunch because I see the need out there, you know. And so speak to that. How do you pick that thing? How do you decide what it is you're going to work on so long and hard to provide value for your audience?
1: For sure. And, you you know, you mentioned all these different social networks and the groups that people are a part of. So have a clear idea of who is the ideal listener who is that niche that you're trying to serve and study everything they do see what they're asking questions about go to quora you know see what questions are being asked there go to youtube and just type in uh, different keywords that are connected to your niche and, and watch videos and see what keywords are actually generated by that youtube just search box and you'll see what people are interested in so you'll get those type of questions if you're confident enough, actually engage with those people and ask them too. One of the strategies I learned from Pat Flynn at Smart Passive Income is that, you know, he's still, and as big as he is, as successful he is, I'm sure your listeners know him, he gets his tribe, his listeners on the phone and just hears what they're resonating with, right? What, what are the questions they have? What's something that he can build and provide for them? And so that's something I do at Better Leaders, Better Schools. I call school leaders You know, I reach out to them via email and some of them, I have their numbers. I'll just call them out of the blue and just have a chat. You know, I want to know what they're working on. What are the things that I'm doing that they're resonating with? A lot of times I'll just say, what's your biggest challenge right now? And I'll do a free coaching session right there. Just bring it. You know, my friend Scott Beebe says, coach your brains off, right? So I coach my brains off for free. Believe me, if I do that, they're going to tell their friends or maybe they decide to join the mastermind or whatever. But you know, it's engaging, it's studying, and it's engaging, right? People in that in that stuff, and I think the last thing I want to add. So I'm, I have a book that's coming out for school leaders in the summer, title to be determined. So we're at the end stage of that book production. I'm not here on the show to talk about the book, but what I'm here to talk about is that I have a book launch team. So the title is going to be chosen by the book launch team. The cover design is going to be chosen by the book launch team. They're getting a free audiobook by participating, even though I'll be selling that later. I'm creating extra content that won't be in the book that is based off of podcasts and interviews and kind of like Humans of New York style, where it's just like, here's a little quick story. I'm going to do that for my interviews. It's going to be available to no one else except for the people on the book launch team. So if you're building this thing, that's going to take a month, four months or whatever to build, ask people to join you in that process and Give them an inside look into what it's like actually producing it. Ask for their feedback. Listen to their feedback. Make changes. Make the thing exactly what it is that they want.
0: Yeah, I love that. And You may not have even realized it, but we've kind of come full circle here back to that topic we were talking about with the masterminds. When you pull in that community that's helping you with the launch and let them name the book, you're again getting that outside perspective. Because you've got in your head this idea of what the book's about. But when you can hear from actual readers or listeners what the book is about, then you know, number one, if you communicated well. But number two, you realize what resonates with them as the ones who are receiving the content. I think that's brilliant. That's a great idea, Sunshine. I'm with you on that. One last question. When you have these free downloadables or resources that you're providing to your audience via your podcast, how are you delivering those? Are you using lead pages, convert kit? I mean, what kind of platforms are you using for that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so I use uh, lead pages, although I'm using Thrive themes with my website, and I don't necessarily need lead pages to build the landing page and that kind of thing. I could do that through Thrive, but the reason I'm sticking with lead pages is because of lead digits, and so that's just working for me. So,
0: Explain real quickly lead digits in case yes. someone doesn't
1: know. So if you said something like unlock now, you know, text unlock now to 33444 and, you know, that's not something for this show, but, you know, people could do that and it's a way to email opt-in. And so every time I go and speak at a, like I spoke at the National Principals Conference last year and I was doing an awesome session. Like it was cool. Like, Carrie, this is when the podcast thing like came to real life for me. My session was standing room only. There were people wow. in the hallway standing. Listening to the session didn't even have a seat. I'm like, this is really weird. <laughs> so I pitched that and I said, hey, here's all the notes and some extra content, whatever related to the talk. Here's what the text and here's the number. And I got, you know, 300, 400 emails right there. So that's something that I do. Lead pages. I use ConvertKit in terms of uh, managing the email and the workflow and the automations, all of that. But real quick, I have to say this because it'll drive me crazy if I, if I get off the show and don't share One of the other biggest hacks in terms of building your audience, be a guest on other people's shows if you can. And just, again, bring the massive value. So do that. Uh, That helped grow my show exponentially. And then part of my Miracle Morning, you know, Carrie, in the pre-chat, we were talking about that. I do a journal. I divide it up into just uh, six quadrants. It's very similar to the Gratitude Journal, but I made it unique to me too. And so there is definitely, you know, three things I want to do today, three things I'm grateful for. I have a little box where I could summarize uh, the reading. I have a free box where it's just, um, you know, open. I can doodle or I can write some more or whatever. And then another box that I have, and this is the one where it connects to growing your podcast. I think intentionally, what's one way I could help somebody today without expecting any payback? And so in terms of podcasts, review people's podcasts promote them on social media. You know, my friend, Jessica Cabeen, she has a show, uh, or excuse me, a book that just got released. I'm promoting her like crazy. I'm not getting any kickbacks, no money for that at all. I did a free book contest giveaway on Twitter. It got massive engagement. And so you can do that for other podcasters and just say, hey, this show is awesome and, and quote it and make graphics, like go all in on that type of stuff. People will see, believe me, the universe has a way of paying you back for that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, I really love that. It is better to give than to receive, that is for sure. And ironically, the receiving comes back. It's not that you give to receive, but it does. It's just the way that it works. Well, Danny, I appreciate you sharing so much on this episode of the show. There's all kinds of practical things I'm sure we could dig into a little more, but I try to keep my show, you know, the length of a commute basically, and that's about as far as we're gonna take it. So Danny, where can people find out more about you and the things you're doing online? And be sure to mention uh, your coaching program again as well.
1: Sure. So the main place, you know, is betterleadersbetterschools.com. And that's if you just want to like kind of study what I've done. If you want to email me, Daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com, I'm happy to get on a call and talk to you about how you could grow your podcast just for fun. You know, all over social media, I'm at alien earbud. So I was a former English teacher. I love anagrams. (laughs) And so if you take the words Daniel Bauer, the letters from Daniel Bauer, mix them up you can get alien earbud. And so I just think that's a funny visual and a funny story. Yeah. So that's me on social media. And then if I could help you with the business coaching and really take your your business or your podcast to the next level, that's dannysunshine.com forward slash four, F-O-U-R,
0: four steps. Thanks so much, Danny. Look forward to seeing you in person someday.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was an absolute honor.
0: You bet. Well, Danny really brought the goods, didn't he? I'm telling you, you talk about generous. After the call, Danny actually shared some things with me from his business coaching and things that were very beneficial. So I want you to know he is the real deal. Now, there's a couple of things we talked about that I want to highlight in terms of things I think you really need to know. Number one, that whole thing about working hard and hard work being a part of the equation is something I've been beating a drum about for a long time. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know I'm all about that. This is not a build it and they will come thing. This is a thing you really have to work at. Now, the other thing I wanted to highlight was something Danny mentioned as a strategy that I've discovered is a little bit dicey and a little bit risky. Let me explain to you what it is. Danny mentioned as an example that if you were to go into Apple Podcasts or iTunes and search for Brene Brown, his podcast would come up. And the reason it would come up is because he has put her name in the author tag. And that is a strategy or a hack that is a little bit dangerous. And here's why it's a little bit dangerous. iTunes has actually sent out emails to iTunes users who publish on their platform saying that is no longer allowed. And that if they find your show doing that sort of thing, your show could be kicked entirely off of their platform. So I just want to be aware of that. I just want you to know it does work. It does get you to go higher in the rankings when someone searches, but it could come at a very heavy price. So just be aware of that. Hey, if you would like to connect with Danny and take him up on that half hour free coaching call, You can do that by finding all his resources in the show notes for this episode, which you can find right there in your handy dandy podcast player. Swipe right, left, upside down, stand on your head. I don't know what you got to do to find it, but there are notes for this episode and you can find all of Danny's contact information right there. Easy as a click of a button. Or if you're more of an internet person, you can go to podcastfasttrack.com slash 105 to find all of his info. Now, you know what time it is. Now go out and make it a podcast day. Audio editing and show notes by PodcastFastTrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.